I think you need to back away no, from me, No, I got sir. hydroxychloroquine. I'm fine. I'm just standing here. This guy will not get away from me. Yeah. Can you back away? No. Oh, it's an ugly world out there, ain't it? Getting uglier. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI. Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, down in New Orleans on WHIV. In Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience, even during pandemics. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn... Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me. From bradblog.com, thank you very much for joining us for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast, your stay-at-home radio companion. Though, if some people have their way... By the way, including even the governor of California, we may may not be staying at home for all that much longer. We will see. Hi, Desi Doyen. How are you holding up? I'm holding up just fine. It, it is interesting to see how differently the different states are opening at different rates, but it looks like it's all over now. Oh, it's all over. Everything's fine. Like Everything's great. Uh, the U.S. stock market uh, certainly thinks things are great. Uh, they went into what the Washington Post is calling recovery mode on Monday as what uh, Washington Post is calling good news out of biotech company Moderna's coronavirus vaccine trials, which spurred optimism in investors as the week began, with the Dow jumping nearly 700 points or 3 percent at the opening bell and finishing up to close about 900 points up. So everything's fine. Moderna reported on Monday that an early human trial for its coronavirus vaccine successfully produced COVID-19 antibodies in eight participants of its early phase one trial, though results of the study, which was led by the National Institutes of Health, have not yet been peer-reviewed or published in a medical journal, according to CNN. The company plans to launch a larger clinical, uh, clinical trial in July. 
Moderna is one of eight developers worldwide doing human clinical trials with a vaccine against the novel coronavirus, according to the World Health Organization. They vaccinated dozens of study participants and measured antibodies in eight of them, all eight developed neutralizing antibodies to the virus at levels reaching or exceeding the levels seen in people who have naturally recovered from COVID-19, according to the company, who, upon announcement of that non-peer-reviewed information, saw its shares soar some 30 percent in early trading on Monday. So whether uh, we're actually getting closer to a vaccine here or not is hard to say. We've got to take the company's word for it. And, of course, uh, the company's word was worth a whole bunch of money to the company today. 30% rise in their shares. Investors also found some comfort in uh, comments by the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell during a 60 Minutes interview. He said the central bank is, quote, not out of ammunition by a long shot in its resources to support the economic recovery, which he warned could stretch into 2021. It seems investors heard that uh, not out of ammunition part more than the stretch into 2021 part. But Wall Street has been uh, looking for and acting on any perceptible good news, quote unquote, good news that it thinks it can find these days. Well, and as David Dan of the American Prospect has mentioned numerous times on mm -hmm. his unsanitized report, the reason that the stock market is reacting so well is because the Fed has already proven it's going to aim a money cannon at any corporation that needs help at all. And that's been just enough to give <laughs> investors the confidence that eh, they're going to be fine. Do whatever you need because we're going to go. They're going to back it up. There's the you know, it's the yep. moral hazard of ensuring that there will be no consequences. We have been uh, speaking with uh, David Dayan, actually the American Prospects executive editor and investigative financial journalist uh, regularly over the past uh, several weeks, actually since the beginning of the uh, of the lockdowns here about exactly that. And he keeps talking about that Federal Reserve money cannon of some four trillion dollars that they are uh, pumping into uh, corporations to try to get them out of hock. So uh, is is it real good news today or just good enough for the uh, for more irrational exuberance to continue on Wall Street? Uh, don't know. We report. You decide. Last week, we also noted the congressional testimony from whistleblower Dr. Rick Bright, who until recently um well, he was demoted by the Trump administration. He had been the nation's uh, leading the nation's effort to develop and distribute a vaccine. He testified that the nation is entirely unprepared at this time to mass produce or distribute any vaccine, even if one was suddenly available or even more likely by the end of the year at the very earliest. The administration, he said, has absolutely no plans for that production or distribution and only recently even began ordering the manufacturing of the of a number of of the number of syringes that would be necessary for such a mass vaccination. But neither Donald Trump nor his supporters have any concerns at all, apparently, about any of that? They are good to go right now. They are good to reopen the economy everywhere in the U.S. right now. They see any delay in order to prevent the unnecessary suffering of millions and deaths of tens of thousands. By the way, we are now over 91,000 deaths in the U.S. 
by the most conservative accounting, 91,000 deaths. That's nearly, that's almost two Vietnam Wars worth of dead Americans in less than three months. None, I had, I had yeah. actually heard another version of that. Five jetliners a day crashing. Jeez. Yeah, that's about it. And, and yet we've got all of these uh, Republicans, all of these Donald Trump fans calling it tyranny to continue any restrictions whatsoever. Yes, stay-at-home restrictions and, and the request to pretty please wear masks in public places and the need to get food from restaurants via pickup or delivery. While that is certainly inconvenient, it hardly feels like tyranny to me. But what do I know? Uh, I hope to open the phones in a bit and would uh, love to hear from you on this. Are you ready to throw open the doors for businesses here in Southern California and or anywhere else uh, within our live listening audience today? Towards that end, we've got some encouraging news from the California governor late today about reopening in the Golden State. I'll get to that in a bit, but I've got some other news I want to hit. And then I want to try to open the phones up at 818-985-5735 to your calls since it has been a while And uh, on that. And uh, a very interesting question that was raised by the BBC over the weekend calling for readers to respond there. I'll call for listeners to respond um, to that question either uh, here at 818-985-KPFK or if you prefer, you can find me on Twitter at TheBradBlog or even via email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. But the BBC's interesting question, if you could go back to the start of the year and give yourself some pre-lockdown advice... Knowing what was about to happen, what would that advice be? I don't know. Good question. 818-985-5735 if you would like to queue up right now to discuss, uh, to answer that question or any others. Some quick news of note here uh, from uh, over the weekend, however, first, as you may have heard, uh, but may not have heard because it was purposely this was purposely done late on a Friday night by the Trump administration in hopes that you would not hear about it. Donald Trump, in the latest of his slow-motion Friday night massacres, has fired the State Department's Inspector General, Steve Linick, late on Friday night after the IG's office had been critical of alleged political bias in the agency's management. That would be uh, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, the ouster is the latest in a series of moves against independent executive branch watchdogs, who have found fault with the Trump administration. So, of course, fire the messenger. In April, Trump fired Michael Atkinson, the um, inspector general for the intelligence community, for his role in the whistleblower complaint that led to Donald Trump's impeachment. Remember that? Then Trump removed career professional Glenn Fine as acting inspector general. The Defense Department, a move that stripped him of his post as chair of the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. You know, those people who are overseeing that $4 trillion money cannon I mentioned that the Federal Reserve is just giving out to their corporate pals. Yeah, get, they got rid of the guy who uh, would be overseeing uh, that effort of $4 trillion. And during a recent White House briefing on COVID-19, Trump questioned the independence of acting Inspector General Christy Grimm, 
uh, the IG at the Department of Health and Human Services over uh, a report that said there was a shortage of supplies and testing at hospitals, according to the IG, that because there is a shortage of supplies and testing at hospitals. She, too, has now largely been uh, sidelined with a successor named waiting for Senate confirmation that would replace her. A a senior uh, State Department official said that Trump removed the State Department IG, Steve Linick, from his job on Friday night, but gave no reason for the ouster in a letter to Congress as Trump is required to let Congress know about why he's releasing an IG and that and he must do so 30 days in advance. Um, In that letter, Trump said that Linick, who had held the job since 2013, no longer had his full confidence and that his removal would take effect in 30 days. Now, uh, speaking at the White House today, Trump said that uh, he doesn't know who Linick is. He's never met the man. He has no idea who he is. And yet in this letter, Trump said he no longer has uh, uh, Linick no longer has his confidence. By the way, uh, the president is allowed to fire an inspector general, but the head of the uh, the department itself where the IG works is not allowed to fire the IG. And yet in this case, Trump says, well, he was told that uh, he should fire him, didn't say by whom, but was told he should fire him. And so he did. Democrats in Congress immediately cried foul. The chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee suggested that Linick was fired in part in retaliation for opening an unspecified investigation into Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Over the weekend, the speculation for the reason revolved around reports that Pompeo had improperly forced aides to take care of personal matters for him and his wife. The New York Times reported that Linick, who leads hundreds of employees in investigating fraud and waste at the State Department, had begun an inquiry into Pompeo's possible misuse of a political appointee to perform personal tasks for him and his wife, including walking their dog, picking up their dry cleaning and making restaurant reservations for him. On Monday, then, uh, reports of perhaps more serious allegations began to surface as the speculation continued as to what it was this uh, IG must have been looking uh, looking at that set off the Trump administration to fire him. NBC and others are reporting this afternoon that the ousted State Department Inspector General was investigating Mike Pompeo's decision to greenlight billions of dollars in arms sales to Saudi Arabia. That against the will of Congress, um, and that's what led to his abrupt removal from his post, at least as congressional officials are now saying to NBC News. Three officials from different congressional committees say investigators on Capitol Hill believe that Linux investigations into the Saudi Arabia arms sale and Pompeo's use of the political aid contributed to his firing. A White House official has said that Pompeo recommended to Trump that Linick be fired, and Trump agreed. House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Elliot Engel, Democrat from New York, confirmed on Monday that Linick was, in fact, looking into the Saudi arms deal. Engel said in a statement that his office was investigating, um, at, at Engel's request, Trump's phony declaration of an emergency so that he could send weapons 
to Saudi Arabia. Engel said we don't have a full picture yet, but it's troubling that Secretary Pompeo wanted Mr. Linick pushed out of this work uh, before it could be completed. Troubling? Uh, perhaps. Uh, surprising at this point from the absolutely most corrupt presidential administration in the history of this nation? Hands down? No, not surprising in the least. Only a surprise that it took this goddamn long. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi warned of an acceleration in a, quote, dangerous pattern of retaliation against federal watchdogs. That federal watchdog program was put in place, by the way, after the Watergate scandal, uh, where these uh, inspector generals were put in place at the various executive agencies as an independent oversight of those agencies. And now, of course, Donald Trump is tearing down everything that was put in place after uh, Watergate. Congressman Engel and uh, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey launched an investigation on Saturday into the ouster of Linick. Engel, the uh, chair of the House uh, Committee on Foreign uh, Foreign Affairs, said the timing suggested, quote, an unlawful act of retaliation. President Trump's unprecedented removal of Inspector General Linick is only his latest sacking of an inspector general. Wrote Engel with Menendez, our government's key independent watchdogs um, being fired from a federal agency. I have a feeling uh, they also asked, uh, they they submitted a request for related records in this affair to the State Department. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to be waiting quite a while for those records. State Department and Pompeo's office did not respond to multiple requests for comment on all of this, but in brief excerpts from a forthcoming interview with The Washington Post, uh, the reporter of that uh, interview said that uh, Pompeo said the inspector general, quote, wasn't performing a function in a way that we had tried to get him to and was, quote, trying to undermine what it was that we were trying to do. (laughs) I'll bet he was. Uh, Well, I mean, for one, it is not up to the secretary of state to determine what the inspector general uh, ought to be doing. So when they say what we tried to get him to do, that's just stunning to me. And then Pompeo says uh, he was trying to undermine what it was we were trying to do. The inspector general can't undermine anything. The inspector general can investigate and report to Congress. End of story. He can say what was going on at the State Department. So if he was undermining what they were trying to do by telling people what they were doing and by telling Congress that they were doing something that Congress specifically said do not do, well, then, yeah, I guess that would be undermining. But the, uh, the, the, the Secretary of State is not allowed to fire this guy, and it sounds like that's exactly what the Secretary of State did, went to our stupid president and said, hey, you need to fire this guy, and... Now, Trump, in May of 2019, issued an emergency declaration using Iran uh, concerns about them as a basis for this emergency. That allowed the administration then, apparently, to sell billions in arms to the Saudis, despite opposition from both parties in Congress following atrocities in Riyadh's military effort in Yemen, the killing of the Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi, and other concerns about Saudi Arabia. Congress specifically said, no, we will not give them uh, billions of dollars in arms. And yet, 
Donald, Donald Trump declared an emergency and said, yes, I'm going to give them billions of dollars in arms. Eight billion dollars, in fact. Congress controls the purse strings. Uh, they said no on a bipartisan basis. The White House said, we're going to do it anyway. We don't care what Congress says. And by the way, we don't give a damn what the Constitution says either. So we're going to do whatever the hell we want. Trump's emergency declaration then enabled Pompeo to expedite the arms to Saudis uh, without the uh, typical congressional notification process that would be required during which Congress has a window to block any such foreign military sales that it opposes. But Trump went just right around that because Trump does not give a damn about the Constitution, the rule of law or anything else. Lawmakers from both parties have maintained there was no legitimate emergency to justify sidestepping Congress by authorizing that arms sale. But this is what we're going to get. This is what we're going to get, and it's going to get worse between now and whenever this most corrupt administration in the history of the nation by far is removed from office. And to that end, a bit of uh, presidential election news today uh, from over the weekend. Where am I here? Uh, this is uh, OK. Former uh, Republican congressman turned independent, turned libertarian Justin Amash of Texas, uh, who had announced a week or so ago that he was forming an exploratory? Michigan. What did I say? Texas. Oh, Texas. <laughs> Not Thank Texas. you. I'm thinking Will Hurd down in uh, right. Texas. No, this the is Justin Amash of Michigan. Former Republican turned into. Okay, you're right. Thank you very much. Uh, Justin Amash of Michigan, he announced a week or so ago that he was forming an exploratory committee to decide uh, whether he would run for president or not as a libertarian in the Libertarian Party. Um, and uh, he has formed that uh, exploratory committee. He has explored and he has decided that he will not run for president this year. Thanks for your support as I've been exploring a run for president as the potential nominee of the Libertarian Party. Amash wrote in a thread on Twitter over the weekend. He said, I've spent nearly three weeks assessing the race, appearing in media, talking to delegates and donors, watching the Libertarian Party's con uh, convention plan unfold, gathering feedback from family, friends and other advisors, he said. Adding, after much reflection, I've concluded that circumstances don't lend themselves to my success as a candidate for president this year, and therefore I will not be a candidate. The former Tea Party Republican who left the party after being critical of Donald Trump, and by the way, voting in favor of his impeachment in the U.S. House, he called it a difficult decision and said uh, that he continues to believe that a candidate from outside the old parties offering a vision of government grounded in liberty and equality can break through in the right environment. But this environment, he said, presents extraordinary, uh, extraordinary challenges with polarization near an all-time high. I'm sure I don't know what he's talking about. Electoral success, he said, requires an audience willing to consider alternatives, but social media and traditional media are dominated by voices strongly averse to the political risks posed by a viable third-party candidate. So for now, anyway, it looks like it's going to be a head-to-head -head matchup between Donald Trump and presumably Joe Biden, with perhaps the uh, biggest question being, will voters be able to vote safely or even at all for either of them this November? 
We've been detailing states' plans around the country to adapt to the uh, COVID crisis by moving to absentee balloting in many states, including here in California, where Governor Gavin Newsom recently ordered that all registered voters will be mailed a a postage-paid absentee ballot uh, for the first time. This November, all something like 20 million voters in California will get one of these if you are registered. By the way, good time to check to make sure you are, A, registered. You can go to the Secretary of State's website uh, anywhere in California. If you're uh, in Los Angeles County, you can go to lavote.net. Check to make sure you are still registered and, B, make sure that you are registered at the address at which you actually live because that is where you're going to be getting your ballot this year. So uh, there's a lot of people who move within a county but don't uh, bother to change their uh, you know, their address on their voter registration. Now is a great time to do it. Uh, meanwhile, there are still, uh, here in California at least, and actually everywhere across the country, now is a great time to do it because there's a lot of peop- a lot of places that are either sending vote-by-mail ballots directly or they're sending absentee ballot applications And if they don't arrive, if you don't get one, you may be out of luck. So check your registration and check the address on that registration. Meanwhile, there are still several states where Republicans are fighting whether to allow anybody to vote by absentee at all. Even as crowded polling places have now become deadly disease vectors, there are still Republicans desperate enough to say, no, we want to make everyone go to the polls and risk COVID infection and possible death. A handful of states, including, yes, Desi Doyen's home state of Texas. Sorry, Des. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's it's, it's going to boomerang back on me in a second, so stand by. Uh, yes, uh, Texas, they are fighting to prevent voters from being able to use fear of contracting uh, COVID as an allowable excuse to request a vote-by-mail ballot in the state where you have to have an excuse to request one in Texas. My home state of Missouri was another one of those states that was uh, making it difficult to request an absentee ballot at least until late on Friday. When the Republican-dominated Missouri legislature passed a bill making voting available to all registered voters in Missouri... Mostly, sort of, according to the ACLU. The action follows a lawsuit brought by the uh, American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU of Missouri, Missouri Voter Protection Coalition on behalf of several individuals and the Missouri NAACP and League of Women Voters of Missouri. With at least three elections coming up in the Show Me State in June, August and November, the lawsuit sought a ruling from the court clarifying that all eligible voters who are confining themselves to avoid contracting or spreading COVID-19 may invoke the confinement due to illness reason for absentee voting in order to prevent large-scale disenfranchisement and to secure public health. The lawsuit charged that refusing to allow voters who are confining themselves to avoid contracting uh, the coronavirus to vote, that that was a violation of the right to vote under the Missouri Constitution and the state's voting laws. Well, the Republican-dominated legislature on Friday voted to allow voters who are ill and who are at high risk of serious complications from COVID-19 to cast ballots without a notary and to permit all registered voters to vote by mail if they wish. 
So let me be clear about that. That's right. You heard it right. In Missouri, in order to vote by mail, one must take that ballot to a notary public for approval before that ballot can be mailed and counted. Under the new provision adopted on Friday, unless voters are casting ballots due to illness or because they are at high risk for COVID-19, by the way, I would suggest anybody at this point is at high risk, uh, but voters who mail under the uh, new legislation will still need to risk infection by going out to obtain a notary's seal on their ballot envelope. These expansions uh, to vote by mail in Missouri uh, apply to 2020 and they will expire at the end of the year. The ACLU of Missouri's uh, Tony Rothert said today's advance in protecting voting rights for Missourians represents a welcome departure from the legislature's decades-long campaign to enact barriers to voting in Missouri. Uh, he said it should not take a pandemic for modern voting practices to make an appearance in our state. Denise Lieberman, the general counsel to the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition, uh, said, while we're gratified that lawmakers took measures to ensure, as the CDC has recommended, that voters refrain from crowded polling places and vote by mail wherever possible this year. Many voters must still get their ballot notarized. She says this is a, a good first step, but we still have work to do to ensure that Missouri voters are able to cast their ballots in 2020. So uh, I don't know. Two steps forward, one step back there. Yeah, and in it my seems home state. Uh, quite unfair as well because you have to pay for a notary. So that seems like that would be a kind of a poll tax. Well, it if would you're be unable to vote in yeah, person, or but you shouldn't didn't want to. I, I actually, I'm not sure. Yes, it would absolutely be a poll tax. I'm not sure if um, if that's a free service that notary publics are, are required to provide in Missouri. It depends. Yes, by or states. if they have to pay for it. Uh, either way, I mean, you got to pay for the gas to go out and drive to some notary repu uh, notary public. Oh somewhere. yeah, that doesn't change the stupidity of the burden that Missouri's legislature has placed onto voters. I mean, it's still a burden, and it's still a dumb burden because in other states you don't have to do that. So to me, that would seem to violate the equal protection clause because depending on what state you live in, it's easier for you to not get sick with COVID and not get infected than in other states where they seem to want you to show up and get sick and get infected. Yeah, it is kind of a race to uh, a race to stupid between uh, your home state of Texas and my home state of Missouri. <laughs> yeah. No wonder neither of us live there anymore. All right, let's take a quick break. We will come back uh, with uh, some breaking news. Oh, this is uh, also some maybe encouraging news out of Sacramento, as California Governor Gavin Newsom says it may be time to open more businesses in the state. And as Fox News viewers protest stay-at-home rules in New York and Long Island, and threaten a reporter reporting on their protest. Uh, that, along with your calls on the BBC's interesting question, if you could go back to the start of the year and give yourself some pre-lockdown advice, knowing what was about to happen, what would that advice be? I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Um, also, is it time to uh, to open back up for business here in California and across the country? Trump and his people say yes. What do you think? 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the Bradcast. Good work. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. More cowbell. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. No, don't fear the Reaper. Give us a call instead. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. What would you have told yourself pre-lockdown had you known the lockdown was coming? I'd uh, love to hear from you on that. And if you think it's uh, time to, well, throw off the chains, head out, everything's fine, all is well. I'm sure they'll come up with a vaccine. Nothing to worry about. 91,000 people dead. Who cares? It's Memorial Day. Let's celebrate. Oh, Memorial Day? Maybe we should be celebrating those 91,000 lives lost in some fashion. Not celebrating, but recognizing them. It's as if they don't even exist. Imagine if we lost... What did you say, Desi Doyen? Three plane, uh, th- five. three, five, five 747s a day. Yes. Do you think we would be flying the flag at half mast? Because last I checked, it's flying high above the White House right now. 91,000 dead Americans at least. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, This is just breaking this afternoon uh, as we headed over to the studio today. uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom relaxed county reopening criteria which he says will allow most of the state's 58 counties to begin allowing dining in restaurants and other services. The new criteria he outlined applies to counties that want to reopen faster than the state as a whole. While retail may open for curbside pickup statewide, restrictions on dining in at restaurants and other services are still in uh, are still in place statewide, but counties can now move faster if they win state approval. 24 counties in mostly uh, rural North, uh, North, Northern California already won approval under the old guidance, but the new criteria eliminates requirements that a county have zero deaths and no more than one case per 10,000 residents over a two-week period. Instead, counties must have no more than 25 cases per 100,000 residents or no higher than an 8% positive rate among people tested for the coronavirus. They uh, they also must have no higher than a 5% increase in hospitalizations over a seven-day period or They must have fewer than 20 hospitalizations total over 14 days. Uh, That last requirement is to help ensure smaller counties don't get penalized for just one or two extra hospitalizations. Newsom said uh, also that counties will soon be able to allow shopping in stores and 
I know, Desi, uh, you're going to be happy about this. Uh, hair salons get to reopen. Did you hear that? Yes, Th- that I may heard happen that. soon. Why are you looking at me that I way? I don't think it's that important. Oh, really? Really? Yes, really. Then why do you complain to me every day about five times a day that you can't go get? I she don't. doesn't. That's she why. doesn't. I I'm just. I don't want to get you in any trouble. Get me in any trouble. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you threw me off here. Uh, okay, hair salons uh, could begin reopening. He also suggested professional sports could begin in June, although without spectators. He said the reopening of churches could also begin within weeks. While Newsom has been uh, moving forward carefully to, uh, frankly, much appreciation from Californians, uh, Donald Trump supporters continue to decry any restrictions on anybody to try and uh, help keep them from dying since, you know, we lost 91,000 Americans in less than three months already. They've been decrying all of that. Any effort as tyranny as uh, Kevin Vesey of News 12 Long Island find, found out when he tried to cover an anti-lockdown protest over the weekend. VC wrote on Twitter, I'll probably never forget what happened today. I was insulted. I was berated. I was practically chased by people who refused to wear masks in the middle of a pandemic. All the while I was there, he said, to tell their story. Here's the finished product. They flooded the sidewalk on Jericho Turnpike in Comac. Hundreds of Long Islanders sick of the shutdown, demanding that New York get back to work. Businesses need to reopen. People are losing their livelihood. Who is King Cuomo to tell business owner that he can't be open or that you have to wear a mask when you walk into his store? The rally organized by a group called the Setauket Patriots, a right-wing organization that supports President Trump. It's the second demonstration that's been held at this location in the last two weeks. Back on May 1st, many people were seen ignoring social distancing and refusing to wear masks, while Suffolk police looked on. This time around, Suffolk police showed up in much larger numbers. They also put up these barriers near the sidewalk and talked to protesters about social distancing. But once the rally really got started, some of the rules went out the window. Many protesters directing their anger right at the news media. Some of them trying to prevent me from filing this report on Facebook Live and repeatedly invading my personal space. I think you need to back away no, from me, No, I got sir. hydroxychloroquine. I'm fine. I'm just standing here. This guy will not get away from me. Yeah. Can you back away? No. The demonstrators came from all over Long Island, and some Comac residents tell us they don't agree with the protests. The protest doesn't represent all of Comac. But like it or not, their message is loud and clear. They say it's time to end the coronavirus shutdown. The end goal seems to be no deaths, and that is impossible. In Comac, Kevin VC News 12, Long Island. Just an incredible report. Uh, so they're, they're holding signs, hang Anthony Fauci, hang Bill Gates, open up all states. And that guy was actually running after that reporter without a mask. The reporter saying, please stay away from me. The guy says, no, no, I'm OK. I take hydroxychloroquine. Which, by the way, does not prevent you from getting uh, COVID-19. Or prevent you from infecting somebody else Correct. 
Uh, just unbelievable. Talking about who is King Cuomo to uh, shut down to keep us safe. Well, guess what? King Cuomo and every other governor is allowed to shut down places when there is a, a, a health danger. They are allowed to uh, sh- shut down the, the water system if they find there is poison in it to help keep you alive. You're welcome, jerk. Anyway... Are you ready to go out again? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. And what would you tell yourself, your pre-coronavirus self, your pre-lockdown self, if you had the opportunity uh, at the uh, at the top of the uh, at the top of the year? Let me go to Barbara's got a thought on this. Uh, Barbara and Camarillo. Hey, Barbara. Welcome to the broadcast. How are you? Oh, Barbara. Do we have Barbara? There we go. Okay, Barbara, I got you. Start over. What'd you say? Hello? Hello, Barbara. Yes. Well, my biggest uh, thing that I would have done was I would have gotten more toilet paper. <laughs> Is that right? Is that that's the that's only... Right. Well, uh, that... have, have you run out yet? Not yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What this country really needs, Brad, is more education. You've got people running around out there with no science, no no critical thinking. Uh, you know, if we don't see that we need Medicare for all and after that a good education, then, yeah, I don't know what to do. And Congress, I don't know why Congress, the people at least in the House, aren't braver and start talking to the Republicans over there why it's important that we get this stuff done and why it's important to hold back Trump from what he's doing. He's he's like a, a nut on our pool table. He's just tearing up, breaking up this whole country. And there's not going to be anything left. And we won't have anything to put back together if we let him keep going as he is. I hear you, Barbara. And uh, although I got to say, I I wonder if the problem is education, as you suggest, because I know a whole bunch of really educated people um, who still don't know what the hell is going on, who, you know, who are still ignoring these warnings, who think all of this is fake news, who think the virus is a hoax. Um, You know, I I don't know that it's education. I think it's the media. I think it's our it's up to us. Critical thinking. If you can't critically think. If you can't put two and two together and figure it out and you have a, a human curiosity to go find what the facts are instead of listening to Joe Blow next door, then 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 you get to beat the the whirlwind, whatever comes. And that and those people are gonna be doing that. And they're gonna find out the hard way. Yeah. So you don't you don't need any more of my philosophizing. I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, go out there and talk to some more people, Brad, because you and Desi are the people that are helping get others educated the way they should be. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate that. And I wish we could also be the ones helping to get you some more toilet paper. But hang in there, Barbara. Really appreciate the call. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Kiana Kiana Williams, our board op today, uh, you, you waved at me to say that you had a thought about what you would tell yourself uh, at the beginning of the year, had you had a chance uh, to before the lockdown, what what would that be, Kiana? I would have left the country. I don't typically like to stay inside burning buildings, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, but now, but where would you go? You would you. you would have had to leave the planet. I mean, where would you have gone? Everywhere uh, is is a, a burning building at this point, no? Oh, indeed, but I'm sure there's some tiny island that's uh, I don't know, just full of coconuts and bananas. I would have figured it out. 
Oh, we're full of coconuts and bananas uh, in this island, uh, Kiana. Thanks. Uh, but I hear you. 818-985-5735. Oh, good. Is, uh, Roger is here. Good. Let me uh, jump in. Uh, we've been uh, checking. We've been hearing from him week after week up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is now kind of a hot spot, as I understand it, uh, Roger, uh, especially if I'm understanding this up in the St. Cloud area. Uh, welcome back to the broadcast. How are you doing, Roger? It's your friendly little ray of sunshine from Minneapolis reporting for duty. There you are. Yes. Um, okay, three-pronged. Three Have I mentioned, I seem to remember mentioning, we are witnessing, did I say mass insanity? Yeah. Yeah, you might have. If you didn't, you have now. Yeah. Mass insanity. Well, okay. Um uh, had I um, recognized this uh, threat to be what it was mm-hmm. um, back at the beginning of the year, yeah. guess, guess what? what? I did. What? Oh, you did uh, recognize oh, well, it. Bad... I did recognize it, yeah. I, I, I And I said to myself, if this comes to my area, it, it, uh, I'm a person at very dramatic risk, and I need to do whatever I can to take care of myself. And so I've been doing so. Um, meanwhile, the idea that we should um, uh, reduce our uh, guard um, around this situation as mm-hmm. it is continuing to plateau at very high levels in many parts of the country and mm-hmm. even continue to rise yeah. has resulted, among other things, in two members of my family having just tested positive. Mm. Well, uh, Roger, I hope that you are doing well. I hope you will send our regards to the members of your family. And, uh, yeah, that's what uh, scares the hell out of me because there's uh, no going back once you get it. And I have seen story after story. We shared a couple on this show of, you know, deniers, if you will, COVID deniers who are out there, you know, posting on Facebook saying, oh, this is a tyranny meant to enslave us all. And then they get COVID and then they die. And, uh, well, I guess that teaches them not really the way I would like to uh, teach these folks. Uh, I wish we would all just uh, pay attention and, and uh, take care of each other. Hey, thanks, Roger. Glad to hear from you. Brad, Brad, yeah. Brad, yes, sir. Brad, yes. Brad, what? What? Talk. Yes. Yes. The administration um, is the Cardassian general, and we are Picard. There are five lights. Star Trek humor. I guess uh, Desi might have liked it had she not been screening calls. I don't watch the Star Trek, but I know what it is. Thanks, Roger. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, Stay safe uh, as we go into this final frontier. Uh, Let me take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, more of your calls at 818-985-KPFK. What would you have told yourself had you known this lockdown was coming? And is it time to go back? You feeling good about that? Anything else on your mind as well, I welcome 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At The Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. 
Yes, please don't. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Taking your calls today, 818-985-5735. Let's go to, uh, oh, good. We got some, uh, well, Anthony in uh, Ridgecrest. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Oh, welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I would have gone to those people in that Rutan lab that was 10 miles down the road from that fish market yeah. and told them that Einstein that you're trying to invent in that lab, be a lot more careful because you've been warned by other scientists that the experiments you're doing with animal to uh, human transfers uh, is very dangerous. Uh, if that ever gets out, it's going to be real bad. So and that's... A- to be careful in uh, their experiments in that lab. Okay, and so that's the Wuhan lab. I think you call it the Wu-Tan lab. Um, I think it's the... Yeah, I think it's the Wuhan lab. And so are you, you're suggesting that this uh, virus was created in that lab and uh, unleashed upon the uh, uh, the world? I don't know if it was unleashed, but it, it got out, and the lab didn't say anything for like two or three weeks, which let it go all over the place. And I'm not sure why we're not saying, in Australia, you're doing an investigation on uh, uh, that lab. But, um, well, we're, we're doing one, too. The intelligence com- uh, community is investigating that. And so far, they say there is no evidence so far that that virus uh, was either created in that lab or came out of it. Uh, that's uh, Donald Trump's intelligence community. Do you have a dispute with Donald Trump on that? Oh, uh, I kind of, because um, we, we kind of did the same thing. Here's a, uh, a level four biological lab at the end of Long Island, the little island off the end of the tip of Long Island. Yeah. And uh, they were, do- back in the 80s, they were doing experiments on how um, diseases or viruses are carried in ticks. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, a while later, that's where you got Lyme disease. That's what and that that escaped from the lab. All right, thanks, Anthony. Uh, doesn't actually uh, appreciate the 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 point there, although it doesn't necessarily speak to the question that I'm asking. Uh, and also, I'm not sure if any of it is true that he just said. But you know, there's your point of view. Let's uh, here's uh, someone else may have a similar uh, point of view here. Aaron in Hollywood. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the broadcast. How are you doing, Brad? Hanging in there. How are you, sir? Good, good. We need to be concerned with the food shortages that are coming. I got a couple of things I got to tell you, but one thing for sure, people need to learn to grow food and realize that food shortages have been, you know, already in the works for the last two years before this even started. We had a couple of bad winners. So the, one of the big plans is the Hunger Games. That's one of the plans. But another plan, another thing you need to know is this, uh, Dr. Joe Embriano. Hang, hang on, wait, hang on, wait, 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 wait. Did you say one of the big plans is to... To, to do what? Yeah, okay. Well, the, the government has been always looking out for our well-being and our health all these decades, right? They've always looked out for us to give us the greatest foods, everything, all healthy. And now they're just really concerned for us even more than they've ever been. I mean, I've never seen them so concerned for us all of a sudden. But uh, Aaron, for a very long time. Aaron, I, 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 Aaron, 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 I, I think, I think you're being... I'll tell you the real truth. Aaron, Aaron, hang on. I think you're being sarcastic when you said that, aren't you? Yeah, definitely sarcastic. And so are you suggesting that the, gover- the, the government is trying to uh, create these food shortages? 
this has been this has been planned for a long time. I know people can't really? handle that, but start growing food. Learn, start looking into food shortages. What's been going on with the food? And why are we planning to short? Why are we plan? Why is the government planning food shortages? Why do they Why do they put garbage in our food and give us all sorts to, to reduce the population control? Man, population control. So they're trying to. So they're trying to starve us, to kill us, and to control the population is what you're suggesting. You got to study the past to know what's going on. This has okay. happened in the past many times. Uh, oh, okay, and so, so it's. Just trust uh, me. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll trust you. Yeah, that's good enough. I'll trust you. Thanks, Aaron. I I appreciate right. the call. Thanks, man. Stay safe out there. Get something to eat, a sandwich or something. Uh, let's go to Dan in Long Beach. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Dan. Thank you. I love your station. Thank you, sir. Uh, I just wanted to make some comments. Uh, let's begin with this. I, I'm going to try and give an analogy between smoking in bars and restaurants back in the 90s. Okay. And the science said that uh, smoking, secondhand smoke, scientifically, getting back to science, you know, is bad for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So you had those poor people working in restaurants and bars management and so forth that were subjected to secondhand smoke. And then finally we passed the law because, yeah, you have a right to smoke, but if you want to smoke and kill yourself, please don't take me with you. Mm -hmm. Now, if we compare this to the virus, we don't know enough about it. You could be perfectly normal and healthy, Mm -hmm. and you could be symptomatic. You could be spreading the darn thing. And if you are a follower of Trump, God forbid, and you're looking at this man who, by the way, has sex with a porn star unprotected, so he has no regard for his own health, mm-hmm. or who he brings it to his marital bed. But we won't go there. I'm not judging. And Yeah, porn star he, slam. That seems inappropriate, Dan, but go ahead. All right, go ahead. I, it's, it, it's sad but true, but okay. I have to give that analogy. Okay. The man is standing there. He's supposed to be like a father. He's the father. We're the children as, as people uh, of United States citizens. He is not a father figure. He is, he is kowtowing to, the, to his base, and he's in front of everyone else wearing masks. He chooses not to. So his followers say, well, the president doesn't do it. Why should I? Yeah. That's totally reckless in and of itself. Yep, it sure is. And, and, and furthermore, yeah. um, I, 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 it, it's just, it's just you, you know, when I was in eighth grade, Mr. Jensen told us in, in our government class, in the United States of America, you could do anything you want as long as it does not interfere with the rights of others. Well, yeah, you want to go out and act a fool and not wear a mask and not stay six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Well, you're jeopardizing me. We don't know enough about this, and you have to follow what the science says, and you have to do that for the good of everyone. And people don't realize that. They don't realize. Oh, I think they do realize. I think they just don't care. They don't give a damn. That Trump supporter, he was actually running after that reporter, Kevin Vesey of, uh, of uh, News 12 in Long Island. And the reporter was saying, please stay away from me. You don't have a mask. And that jackass was going, oh, no, it's OK. I don't need it. I have hydro uh, hydroxychloroquine. I take hydroxychloroquine. That does not keep you from getting uh, the coronavirus. And he was attacking this guy. One more thought. Yeah, go ahead. If you're out acting a fool and you're not social distancing and wearing a mask, the police need to take a picture of your driver's license. Two weeks later, like you do when you go through a red light intersection, you get a $1,000 fine. And if you persist, if you show up with COVID, God forbid, Guess what? You're on a do not resuscitate list because you took away a respirator from someone my age that could die because of pre-existing conditions. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that call. Stay safe out there uh, and stay away from those 
jerks without masks. Uh, let's go to uh, Bill in Santa Monica. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brett. I just wanted to know, uh, did you hear Trump? He probably committed one of his greatest acts of villainy today. During a press conference, he said he was taking hydroxychloroquine yep. for the last two weeks. Yep. Now, that's an out-and-out -out lie. What he wants to do, he's killing two birds with one stone. He's, I think he has some kind of financial interest in that drug, and I also think he's going to force a lot of people who are being forced to go back to work because they'll lose their um, unemployment if they don't go back to work. And they're going to say, well, the president's taking it, I may as well taking it. But I, I think it's one of his greatest crimes, and I think it's going to have devastating effects on this country. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. Stay safe. Yeah, I, uh, I did hear that he uh, said that he has been taking hydroxychloroquine. Then again, he's a liar. I don't believe a word he says, so I don't bother reporting it unless I absolutely have to. Very quickly, do I have time for both Bill and Morris? I'm going to be quick about this. Uh, Bill in Lake Elsinore. Hey, Bill, very quickly, what would you have done uh, before the lockdown? What would you have told yourself? Hi, thank you for the kind words, Brad, but I would move to New Zealand. Come on. Where, is, where are you folks? With, you with me? New Zealand, no okay. virus. Okay, no. really? No, no. no virus in New Zealand? They have no, the virus. I think it's uh, in, in addition to the Green New Deal I heard from them yesterday. Right. Thank you, Brad. Love right. you guys. Thank you. Love you back. And finally, it's been a while since we've uh, heard from our friend Mo in Long Beach. Uh, Morris in Long Beach, welcome to the broadcast. Send us out on a high note, will you, brother? I would have saved more money, Brad, and watch this. Don't be surprised if Nancy Pelosi is the president by default in November. Thank you. I hear you, Morris, and I can figure your math there. I hope it doesn't happen. How's that? Ain't I a nice guy? All right, that's it. we got to get out. My thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it anytime for free. At bradblog.com. Thanks to those of you who support our work at bradblog.com slash donate. Uh, my thanks to all the callers who rang in today and to my board op, Kiana Williams, and of course, Desi Doyen, our producer. Uh, she'd come in and say goodbye herself, but she's out uh, getting an appointment for a hairdo. That's what I hear. That at is the so set. unfair. What? Hello? Hi. Uh, okay. Uh, you can also drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. We will see you there until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, on the next thrilling edition of the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.